Hey everyone, it's me, Sean Capri. Welcome to a very special Patreon bonus episode number 114 of We the Gamer Cast. It comes to you mostly on Mondays, but this is a very special Powered by Patreon episode. We're doing two of these per month. Recurring guests. They're coming back. They're your favorite people. They're my favorite people. They've been on the show before. We're going to go a little bit deeper with my friend Zach Erickson very soon. Fellow Canadian, fellow Edmontonian. We're in the same freaking town. It's amazing. So thank you guys for everything that you do at patreon.com slash make us better. That's the reason that this is happening. Otherwise, we would just be waiting until Monday for another episode. But I know that you guys want it more people to come back. I wanted people to come back. I thought this was kind of a nice way to do it. So Patreon, this is a reward when we hit that milestone. So thank you guys. Another reward, by the way, is this is up on youtube.com slash we the nerdy. So you can check this episode, this episode out there. I would be remiss if I didn't thank our amazing producers, especially our platinum executive producer, Mr. Corey Hicks, our gold executive producer, Sheldon Benedict, and our gentlemen, executive producers, Nick Militia, Joel Brooks, James Johnson, Dr. Doom, uh, Glocko Schaefer, Jesse Armstrong, Joey Hare, David Ray, Mike Drummy, and Brendan Myers. My goodness, Brendan, can I just give you a special, let's have a special moment, everybody, for King of the Pirates. The O is a zero. I'm so sorry, man. I am so, I I will do whatever it takes to fix what I have done wrong yet again. I have not been mentioning you, and I... I'm so sorry. Moment of silence for all the times that I <laughs> was silent and not mentioning your name. Um, guys, if you're new, I, I here's the deal. Every, every week I have sweet hangs with a stranger. Usually it's a stranger from the internet. This time I know Zach very well. But if you want to be part of the show, it's easy. Tweet at me at Sean Capri. Sean like Connery Capri like the pants. I think we're going to get right into it. This is such an excellent example of the spectrum that we are able to explore here on way the gamer cast we talk about sonic mario mental health and what does it mean to be game of the year so stick around guys it's gonna we're gonna be right back stick around we'll be right back let's introduce that oh and by the way it's not jason you're gonna want to stick around to the end jason takes a break from these patreon episodes you're gonna want to see i'm pretty <laughs> i don't know what i'm more excited about this chatter for the thing that's happening it's pretty amazing and uh it's it's a, it's a callback guys so here we go zach erickson you can follow him on twitter at zach erickson or nintendo dads at nintendo dads so here he is zach erickson It's it is like it's like playing a kids game. <laughs> can I can I ask why they would like do they not know what else is happening right now in the platforming world and like the Mario maybe the maybe what Sonic may be thinking about right about now? I know, yeah, it's just like I don't know. Like I think that the that Sonic team specifically has like a real specific idea mm-hmm. uh, um of what the Sonic games should be. And like who the who their target audience is, and it's the, also the kids who watch the cartoon. Yeah. Like, oh, have, that's true. They like have all the cart. They have like all the cutscenes and stuff like that that are that are. It's very clear that it's like it's for the kids that watch the the TV show and stuff like that. It's not mm-hmm. for the like hardcore Sonic fans. So what a concept that would be to put out a game for the hardcore fans. That would be. Well, I guess they sort of already did. 
maybe fans are i guess that's that's what that's what sonic mania was right yeah like is that the best order do you think that they that they went ahead and did it like that uh or is it like disappoint like lower the expectations even further with this like maybe this would have been better to come out first yeah like i think i think really there's still like there's a group of like old school sonic fans that like this game totally is not going to do anything for those people oh yeah you know what i mean like it's it's not like even the 2d sonic areas are they're like they they control so the 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 controls are so different Mm -hmm. from sonic mania like it doesn't even feel like the same game hardly is that kind of what you're expecting going in though like is this i mean you obviously you guys having trouble getting anybody to play it (laughs) so that you can comment on it we've we've kind of made it the butt of a few jokes already so yeah well that's that's, that that kind of but, how but, how much do you put into it before you kind of place a, a final verdict on that game? Yeah, uh, see, with with a lot of those things, it's like, like, because we're just kind of like hobby, whatever, right? So mm-hmm. like, I think that sometimes we've been we've been guilty of throwing the the word review around maybe a little bit too loosely compared, <laughs> compared right, to right, right. But um, but I like I don't I I you know like hope I will probably get to the end credits I, it actually doesn't seem like it's going to be that long of a game anyways yeah. so um but i don't i don't anticipate like 100 percenting this game and frankly mm-hmm. like for for ours too like i'm just as interested to hear my son will probably beat it before i do just that's just kind of oh like, really well that's nice that he gets to try it yeah and i think that it, i think that it'll be really interesting to hear his take on it too like he's not a very you know he's seven so it's like He's he's but just kind of like, oh. entering that age, man, where like he can be a little maybe discerning, maybe a little bit with some guidance from the Nintendo yeah. dad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, well, and it's just like like what and I can I can ask him questions like it, like what was fun about this game, and he's better at um he's better at kind of figuring out why he likes a game. Yeah, uh, wouldn't it be great I, if we could kind of like tell adults on the internet? to like maybe think about what makes a game good or, or bad like because i actually think that that's a that's a difficult question for a lot of people to answer or even to describe games and we've been doing this a little while now so but i even still find myself going like to describe why a game is good or bad or even to describe an experience with it is actually a pretty difficult thing to do yeah um, but kids really, make it look really hard too <laughs> yeah, i've actually really been struggling with that recently with uh with mario odyssey mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's something about it that like i and admittedly i like rushed right through to the end yeah right but, like like i i did enough moons in each kingdom to kind of move on yeah but after i saw the end credits i was like and there's you know like we won't get i won't spoil anything but um i got to sort of post game and i was like oh Initial, well, initially, I was like, "Wow, this is like I can't believe this is where what they did with this, and this is amazing." And like, look at, look at this. This is just like what wonderful fan service, all of that. Yeah. And then immediately, I'm like, "But wait, that's it? Oh no, that's the opposite <laughs> of what I've heard." <laughs> right where I was like, where I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, like, what what do I do? Oh, okay, that's what I that's what I do. Oh, I oh okay. no, like I like and I." I'm I'm in this situation like this is another weird, hard thing with reviews for me too where I'm just like okay well like is this just not the kind of game that I like do I just am I having this realization that I just don't like 3D platformers dude like, yes 
I yes. know exactly this crisis that you've been talking about. I, yes, I, absolutely. Is that, is that like, I don't know, like, uh, like I'm comparing this, like people are comparing this game to Breath of the Wild all over the place. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, but Breath of the Wild blows this game out of the water, right? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you, can, I, can I call you out on something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you maybe this is what you were alluding to before, yeah. but I don't know if you realize this, but the Nintendo dads gave Mario Odyssey an 11 out of 10. Don't even get me started <laughs> on that. There was no... Uh, that did not pass a committee. That... <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. How did this happen? How did this happen? Like, Honestly, what happened? I, we, we actually haven't even had a conversation about it, and I'm not really that worried about it. Um, you're ruining Dave Moore's experience with the game with that. 11 uh, out of 10 i, I well w- justin masson what i'm sure you're listening uh when you were assigning a score with great power comes great responsibility mm-hmm. um but anyway no so 11 so what, out of 10 <laughs> well what happened was was if like he didn't even give this the game a, re- a score in the review right and then later he was like oh i forgot to i, I don't know if he forgot I, we've never had this conversation so i have no idea but you know, I from my side, I kind of noticed like, oh, he never gave the he never gave it a score, uh, and then later tweeted out that image, and I was, <laughs> I just saw that, and I was like, who the hell do you think you are, Masson? Eleven out of ten, like, is this a joke to you? He's getting a little loosey goosey <laughs> over there in Ireland. Like, what does he take seriously anymore? You know, he hangs out with Gary Gray and Paul Lloyd and all these people, and now nothing, now nothing matters. Like, just like, like basic new number convention is just out the window i don't know so mm-hmm. would you ever so do games ever like approach a 10 for you like was zelda a 10 I was, I, i'm pretty liberal with 10s to be honest with you yeah see like i i um i have a i i am like i spent a lot of time in like graduate school and like very you know like in that academic sort of world where like i was doing research and like in such an environment of like, like picking things apart, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like whenever I'm in a discussion with somebody and somebody suggests an idea, my initial reaction is I got to poke holes in this, right? Mm-hmm. Like if this is going to hold up, I'm going to poke holes in it. And so I'm constantly, I don't know if it's in my brain has just now been trained to look for things that are not the way that they should be. You know what I mean? Something like that. So I actually say that it would be really hard for me to give a 10. Uh, Zelda is Zelda. I would say is a heck of a lot closer than mario odyssey is though mm-hmm. as far as like like uh yeah like i would say i think i officially said like it, it was a nine for mario odyssey um maybe that was a little maybe that was a little low like maybe a 9.5 you took but, the words out of my mouth like and the funny thing is you say nine and people are gonna go that's blasphemous nine there's no way that's way too low yeah but then I turn around and I give like Fire Emblem Warriors, which I, you know, we got a review copy for that. And I gave that a nine. And I'm like, but that, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm not a reviewer. I don't have editors. And, you know, like if you work for IGN, mm-hmm. they've got editors, they've got, you know, like, or like Nintendo World Report. It's like they write the review and then they have like several people go through it and say, oh, well, this is the score you gave. And this is all the stuff you said about it. Yeah. And these don't line up. Right. And so like, I, I don't know. I'm just. When I when I give a number, it's like a gut it's like a gut check more than anything, right? I it's try like, to have that conversation with myself too of like when it comes down to it, am I and like at the very actually a little little inside baseball. I don't know mm-hmm. how you guys because because I write reviews like I you know eleven hundred words at a time in some cases, but I start with the pros and cons 
Because yeah. I used to do the opposite. I used to just write the review and then at the end I'm like, okay, how am I going to like boil this down? And then I realized I haven't actually mentioned any pros or cons. Like I just sort of like talk. So it ends up being a bit of a waste of time because yeah. I didn't say anything. So now I start with pros and cons and then I make sure that I build out, I flesh out the review around that. And then mm-hmm. as I go through there, that's when I kind of go, I, I start with their number in mind. I, I jot down the pros and the cons and I flesh it out and I'm like, am I, is this, first of all, is the narrative that I'm telling true to how I feel about the game? Yes or no. And if it's not, then I, I try to tweak it from there. But then once I come to the narrative being kind of what I feel about the game, then I go, is this close or far off from the number I had originally had in mind? And then I kind of do an adjustment from there. But yeah. like, and that kind of allows actually a bit of a, like that allows me to be liberal with, with tens, I think, because if, if I'm like just, raving about a game and if it's a game that i'm waking up at five in the morning for for like three weeks in a row like forza horizon three then Mm. then i'd start to think like yes of course i could say well that the grass on the east side of the map doesn't look quite right or just really start to nitpick it um but i don't know man I, i feel like some in some cases it's just a matter of is this the ultimate translation of the vision that the developers had to the actual game and, and in some cases i think that is more achievable uh than we maybe even give credit for i think mario may be one of those i think if you were to justify mario as a 10 yeah it's like did they sacrifice or compromise anything like this is the mario game they wanted to make and maybe even more than what they had in mind yeah i think the flip side of that too though is like just because that's what they wanted to make like is that the ideal experience you know what i mean like like totally totally that makes sense too they reached like the reason that i the reason that i said a nine and not a ten was because like you you take the concept of everything and you know what is the potential behind that concept and the gameplay and all of that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. and do they the potential of where they could have hit and that's where I'm like, oh, you know what? Some of these kingdoms, like, I don't know how far you've gotten in Mario Odyssey. Well, um, it, it only arrived like two days ago because Amazon. Got, dude, I, I've given up on that. So frustrating. Oh, that's it. Well, this was a birthday present, so I can't complain too much. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, a little bit. You still can, but it's fine. I mean, I was furious, obviously. But that's a good point. It has to translate into an enjoyable game for you. An example of that is Project Cars. Like, I think that that was exactly what that team wanted to make, Project Cars 2. I thought it was a brutal time. I didn't enjoy it at all. They didn't make it a fun experience for me. It actually looked like they tried to make it as impossible to play and not in that cool kind of Dark Soulsy kind of way. Yeah. It was just like, oh, you you pushed the gas too much. You're spinning out of control. Like, you know, like I was just starting. Like I was like, the, yeah. the, the lights just turned green and I'm spinning out. That's that's pretty brutal. Yeah. So like like with Mario Odyssey, like like not reaching the potential, like taking the like just the very first kingdom of the whole game, right? Mm-hmm. That that cap kingdom. And you like kind of see it and it's got this sort of Tim Burton esque, like, Oh sort yeah, of totally. Style, right. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool. But it's like this very small confined area. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well I know that you come back to these kingdoms. So I must be missing some, like maybe there's another little Island that's going to pop up that I go to or something. And Nope. All the moons are hidden in that little area. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's like, okay, that's where I'm like, you that the concept that was there like you just you just didn't flush it out enough you know mm. like it, it's pretty small so that's stuff everything but. i heard about this game is that it's been ready for a while so it's kind of like they they just been sort of sitting on it or maybe just a little bit of polish i i, I wonder what that it would be so nice to just be a fly on the wall who understood japanese 
and yeah. <laughs> a Japanese fly. He's <laughs> like, but but he's like, but but yeah, like it's. I think they turn into ocean monsters that crawl up out of the sea and destroy buildings. Like a kaiju made out of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah Baxter Stockman, the kaiju. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. Uh, oh, but man. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, though, is that I think, like, every time I talk about this game, I feel like. Like while I was playing it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" Like, yeah. Right up until the end credits, and then I was, I was just like, "Wait, I want more!" Like, what are you doing? Like, show me more cool stuff. Don't send me back to where I was. I've already seen that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. hid little things everywhere. But I want to see more art. I want to see more of these worlds. I want to see you know flesh that out more. And it was just like, um, but it's still an amazing game. Maybe uh, I should have taken that as a sign because I feel like people were wrapping that game within the first weekend. Like, is that even? Has that ever really happened before in a in a 3D Mario game? Like 64 is an enormous game, 120 stars. Even this, I guess people weren't necessarily 100%ing it. I guess is the difference. Like you can you can mainline it. And my experience with it is, you know, I I've been really wanting to fully explore every single world, and I'm like, I'm going to get more moons than I need. Then the time comes where I get exactly the number of moons that I'm required to move on to the next stage. I'm like, maybe I'll just maybe I'll just move on. So I have yeah. to be very mindful of that because I don't know if that's like I'm getting that ADD a little bit of like, oh, something else. Oh, I'll go get something else yeah. and being kind of like attracted that way through the game. So I'm not sure what that's going to translate into in the end and for not, me. Not only that too, but like sometimes it feels like it, it feels like there's so many that mm-hmm. it's just, oh my gosh, like do I really want to go and find another 20 moons in this kingdom right now or do I want to see the next one that's really cool? And then – and then it, it's like there is – it's almost like there's so many of them and so many of them are like you rounded the corner and looked up and, oh, look, there's a moon. And that's how you find a lot of them too where it was yeah. just – that wasn't fulfilling. I just – you know, so. So it's like borderline maybe a little bit more advanced than – or involved at, than the Korok seeds like where they're just kind of like you'll just kind of stumble upon them. But like some of them are, are interesting and I basically when I – I guess – what I've been doing so far isn't necessary that I've hit the minimum number of moons that I need. It's mostly that I've stopped kind of like finding them by naturally exploring the environment the way that I want to. Like some <laughs> things are really cool. Like you, you turn into the zipper and then you unzip this thing and the portion on the wall and you can find something in behind there. That's awesome. Like that kind of stuff is great. But totally. the last thing I want to be doing is actually like scouring this land, looking for something that just looks a little bit off. So that I go kind of discover that way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, exactly. And again, like it's it's kind of like a mix between like the Korok seeds and like the shrines too, right? Like yeah. in Zelda, where it's like some of those shrines are amazing. Some of them you literally walked in and you were done uh, because of a lot of times that was because of like some things in the overworld that you kind of you, it was a quest just to find the place, right? Is there anything like what it was in sixty four where you went into the painting and it was like you have to do this to get this? the star or the moon in this case like is that i don't think that i've experienced anything quite like that just yet like it does seem very emergent and you you walk in i guess maybe there's the ultimate like the one where you can turn into the telescope or whatever and then it points you in the direction i guess that's about as objective yeah, like base as it story, gets yeah, there's like some story beats ones yeah there's a really funny one in uh, or a really fun one in um uh new donk city that 
uh, is just like it's like a scene out of Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Where you just like go in and it's just like two seconds, and it's like things like that where it's just like random things where like, oh geez, what like mm-hmm. this, and you have those little scenarios and moments like that. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it. I, I I think the thing that I'm thinking too is like it, comparing 64 to Odyssey. Uh, 64 goes quantity over quality sometimes, whereas 64 mm-hmm. or in Odyssey it does that. Yeah, whereas, yeah, yeah. At 64, it was like 120 stars, and all of those stars are rock solid. You know, like a lot of them are really, really fun to get. Yeah, so, man. Even even collecting the red coins is fun. It's like I don't yeah. know. There's always there's always a little something. Zach, I want to make sure that we stick to about an hour, so we've got a lot to talk about here. I want I wanted to. I mentioned ADD before. I'm going to get to that in a second. Yeah, sure. How's Nintendo Dads going? Good. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's been going really good. I, we've been having a lot of fun. It's uh, we're Justin abandoned you though. He did. Um, he has to follow his heart. You, you know, know, for the advancement of his family and career and ambitions. You got to let the let the bird leave the nest. <laughs> I guess so. You should. have. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, he he's uh he's over there in Ireland now doing uh doing his doing his thing for work and he's over there for a while, you know? Like mm-hmm. uh, I don't I don't want to speak for him, but for at least at least uh another I don't know, year or two or yeah. something, I don't know. Something like that. Uh I don't know, I don't know, maybe when all that's done, he's just going to decide that he's he he just really loves drinking all the time and he's never <laughs> Okay, I have to tell a funny story about this, and he's probably going to hate that I did this. But uh, in our Discord chat, we have uh, we have a uh, you know different things, and one of them one of them is is like in the, the different rooms, and one of them is after dark, which is like if you're going to be if you're going to have nonsense, go in that one, right, and say I whatever. You um, and he posts this picture, and he's in he's in France right now with uh, uh, with his family, uh, and they went to Disneyland Paris, and mm-hmm. it's just a picture of him with with some sort of adult beverage and he's like you guys this is a family friendly hotel resort and i have had one too many and it's just bad <laughs> really good but also don't judge me right now uh it was really funny what so. do you want what do you want from me i mean he's probably getting the whole like he's probably getting very <laughs> european and he's like whatever <laughs> like, what, what do you want like, from me i got the sense that, that he was like i don't know why i'm sharing this with you back off don't judge me also, I'm having a really good time. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, that sounds incredible! I wonder what data travel like. Like, is there? Does he have to worry about roaming over there? Is it just like you're you're in the union? I think he's a, yeah. If you're in the union, then whatever. I think it's all the same. I don't oh, know. Maybe. Man, I love that. I, I I remember friends in university would do co-ops over in uh, in Europe, and it was just like this. Man, like you and I will talk about. Oh, we'll go to like Slave Lake, or we'll go to Pigeon Lake, or we'll go to like just hang out Red Deer, or maybe I'll go to Calgary or something. Like it's a, not a big deal, right? These three hour trips, and you talk to people like like he's in Ireland. He just went to go visit France. Like yeah. this is this is so exotic, <laughs> and it's like probably not. I mean, he's still sort of like stranded in the middle of the ocean. He still has yeah. to make a bit of a flight, I guess. But but it's just all it's all connected. Like the most exotic place, the closest place would be what? Like Vancouver. And it's like, I don't even know, like from where I was before in Lethbridge, it was like a 12 hour drive or something. So oh, it's, it's yeah. like 14, 16 hour drive from here, right? Yeah. Like, it's a rite of passage for a lot of Edmontonians, I think. Oh, okay. It's yeah. like, if you can do it all on your own, then like, man, you're, you're something else. And that's, 
so stupid because it's not a good experience <laughs> at all. You just, there, it's like you get to Vancouver and it's just like, oh, it's just Vancouver. Like, oh, do okay. you feel that way? I feel like Vancouver is like world class. I haven't been there. I well, I passed through there uh, on my way to Seattle once. Oh, I'm so uh, jealous. I want to go to Seattle so bad. Like my buddy got married to a girl in Portland, and so we went like to Portland, and then on the way home we went to Seattle, mm-hmm. did Space Needle, and then we did Vancouver, and then we came home. So I like how you say you like you did the Space Needle. Like I don't like you went up the it's, elevator kind of thing. That's literally what we did. <laughs> I'm just would like to imagine you climbing like the outside of it, like Link or Mario, just like or even Donkey Kong, just. Like, climbing yeah. up the outside but no i just rode the elevator up a little did, bit did the did the glass floor thing you know and then, oh that would be amazing yeah that was cool and then we came home like it was it was kind of it was both cool and also really uneventful you know yeah like, well it's a long trip man and it's like yeah we were on our way home we we kind of passed through and we we're like hey we're passing through seattle anyways let's take a couple hours to see the space needle and then we'll go the other way and you so, and you drove right by nintendo headquarters that was before I knew, man. Like this mm-hmm. was 2007, mm-hmm. so like I I was not really it was I was in this sort of like I'm not I'm not too much into gaming at the time. I just kind yeah. of had it was one of those lapse periods, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, man, totally. 2007, so I mean, Wii is having it's probably not a not a horrible time. It's called the Wii. Like you're probably kind of thinking, yeah. what what well, do you want this thing? Yeah, and I had just gotten home from like two years in the Philippines, actually. So I oh, so you were one with nature, and like I you were like disconnected. Un- uh, yeah, I was unplugged and like you know that kind of thing. And I then, didn't know you did that. Why were you there? Yeah, so that was uh, that was uh, at the time it was a a mission for my church actually. So so a lot of you know huh. teach people the good word sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but also a lot of service and and uh, the area that I was in was very, uh, very um poor like mm-hmm. of the of the, all the different areas it, it was in like the central uh for people who understand the geography of the philippines it was in samar and leyte in the philippines um and so like per, per capita it's super like the poorest area of the, of the whole country almost so yeah lots of hanging out with people in bamboo huts and stuff which is pretty cool. what were you hanging out in oh just like you know just like little houses apartment like there were there were parts of town that were you know more like cinder block houses and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and that's where we lived but um it was yeah it was interesting but like you know two blocks away is like squatters land where it's literally like anybody who is too poor to have a home goes and builds a little bamboo hut and that's where you live oh my god so what's weather like though like that doesn't that doesn't withstand that's not really up to code zach oh no of course not. <laughs> <laughs> and like some of the squatters land man was like uh depending on the area it was squatters mm. land for a reason right oh like nobody wants this land because when the tide comes in uh you know the water comes in and it's literally like all of the freaking garbage and stink washes up into where you live and then washes out and so you've got like you're going through these places and they've got little I, I'm I, I'm thinking the Filipino word because that's all that's all. Yeah. But like little you know sort of like walkways and things that are built elevated above the the sort of mud that mm-hmm. would have come in and out. So uh, you know the thing about over there though is like you really get an appreciation for uh, wow like what like you know like there's one, it's one thing to say first world problems it's another <laughs> thing to be like no really first world problems mm-hmm. like it's like these people these people find the like they have an ability to find joy 
in through like through, in a day where they literally have nothing, you know, like mm-hmm. and uh, and they literally go out and they you know make enough money. I knew lots of people who they'd go out and they'd make enough money that morning by you know riding their little like. I, I knew a guy who had a bicycle with a side cart, like a yeah. pedal bike, and he would go out in the morning at like six in the morning, and he would, uh, and he people would pay him to take them different places, right? Uh, like a sort of like foot taxi. Yeah. And he'd make enough mo- money that morning to buy lunch for his family, and then he would go out and he'd get enough money to buy dinner for his family, and then oh, he would go wow. out and get enough money to buy breakfast for his family the next day, and that was his life. Mm-hmm. Right. So So it's like a whole new like like we talk about living paycheck to paycheck being like two weeks at a time. His paycheck to paycheck is like morning lunch and morning, noon and night. Yeah, totally. And so and the and yet like we like go and visit him or whatever. And he's just like, oh, yeah, like come over and we'll we'll play guitar around the campfire. And, you know, like we're just like, man, this is like 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 the simple life. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm is pretty cool did you bring any of that home with you i mean you've got behind you I'm, I'm talking to you over the internet right now we've got you've got an incredible microphone some spectacular headphones on the the posters in the background yeah so it's hard to say that like you bring completely bring that back but like how much is that how much of that do you bring back because you did mention like first world problems and you you have firsthand experience of like how little people can live with and be maybe even happier than we are here Hmm. Yeah, I think it. Uh, well, I think it's like being like like it always for me now is kind of falling back, being able to fall back on like uh, being grateful for what you do have, mm-hmm. you know, and like and even people who even you know where they literally you would you could ask them and they literally have nothing. But they're like, no, no, we've got my health, I've got my wonderful family, I've got community around me, all you know, all those sorts of things, and that was always. Uh, you know, like that was super important to them. And I think that, that part of that too is just that like over here, uh, we do, it's, it's not, I don't want to belittle our problems because in the, the setting that you're in, it feels just as real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like it, yes, we have a lot of good, like wonderful things. Like you want to talk about like privilege, like, you know, like even within our own society, there's, you know, like male privilege and white privilege and whatever you want to get into. But like even just the idea that like I was born into a place where I learned English as a first language. Yeah. There are people in the world who would die to be able to learn English mm-hmm. because of the opportunities that that brings. Right. I think of that all the time. Like what are the chances that yeah. that we were born into the language and uh, among other things that you talked about as well but like this is the language of technology this is the language of in many ways of the future like everything else is you know they have english version like sort of like englishified or Anglo- anglicized versions of of words that they sort of like bring into like the word exists first now in english i guess is what i'm saying and then it kind of you throw an accent on it and then it gets translated into other language i think that's so interesting i always i count my blessings when it comes to that stuff all the time but you know you mentioned kind of the whole being grateful for what you have like i in moments where i'm like where i may be forgetting to be grateful for the things that i have it's also compounded by the fact that like i i could have it a lot worse like i really when i'm feeling down and when i'm feeling kind of in a dark place and and it's actually that 
feeling is actually made worse because I'm so aware of how great things are. Uh, beautiful, great wife, great kid, like beautiful well, home. And like, like there's almost like a, an element of guilt that comes in. Like, man, what? Like, why can't I get my shit together? Like, <laughs> wonderful life. What's going on? Right? I know. Well, I've got this. I've got this uh, phone that could should keep me on track. She should be able to remind me of everything I need to. But like, that's yeah. not working. And I'm frustrating at her. So like, how? You know, moving into your newfound profession, you've been training for this, you've been in school for this for a long time. Like how much does, you know, that experience in the Philippines that was for the church, like it, is that serendipitous that it worked out to be part of maybe uh, an additional perspective to gain with your career path? Or was it part of the plan the whole time? Or like, how does that all work out? Well, like when I was, when I was growing up, it like in... Uh, I grew up in Southern Alberta and it's very, you know, like Mormons are everywhere. Right. And I, right. I grew up in the Mormon church and the expectation is, yo, when you're 19 years old, that's what you do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was just part of, that was like a rite of passage at the time, mm-hmm. um, which was, uh, and so like, I, I do think that it, it sort of, sort of was, it informed my character, like as I developed, if, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Formative um, years for sure. Yeah, and just sort of the that like helped me not be such a like a self-centered sort of person uh, in that sense. But uh, yeah, I've always like even before that, like I was uh, like I was always like the the friend therapist, right? Like I was my I was my therapist or my friend's therapist sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. I, people came to me with problems and stuff, and um. Uh, you know, some, some friends, I literally would spend like hours with them on the phone. Like, like I, I had one friend who, who told me later, like, oh, well, because you were, you know, you were willing to talk to me about stuff. Like I was thinking of taking my own life and I didn't. And thank you. And I was like, uh, you're welcome. Like I didn't realize that like that wasn't my intent, Yeah, but, man. but kind of realizing like, oh, just being a good person. Like there is a lot of power in that. Right. And, and a lot of value in just you know, just listening to people and, and talking to people. Mm-hmm. And so I think recognizing that um, and then and trying to figure out what the heck I'm going to do with my life. I had an interest in mental health and stuff like that. And so eventually I was like, you know what? No, this makes sense. Like uh, I can talk to people and and that's and there is a lot of if you do if you talk to people in a very specific way and you guide them through certain processes and thought exercises and ask them certain kinds of questions, um they can really come to understand themselves a lot better mm-hmm. um, and learn how to have compassion for themselves and live better lives. And so, yeah, so that's kind of, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, a little bit. Well, now it's t- taking me into a whole new direction. What's you talk about these, these thought exercises and talk about different types of paths that you can walk people down through. Was there something that through your, through training and through schooling and now congratulations on your new career? Yeah. Is there, do you have, um, do you have a couple like go to things of like, or is it totally different depending on on the person? Like, there's got to be a couple like tools in your toolkit that you kind of like to pull out and go like, yeah, this is, this yeah. one's this one's gonna be good. Well, I, it's interesting actually. The 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 practice, by the way, I like it. So I'm a registered provisional psychologist right now in Alberta, mm-hmm. and I started working at a the the practice is called Shift Psychological, uh, and they've got they actually have an office in a, in Calgary too, like. They're they're they're, they're kind of doing this cool thing where they they're trying to, um, the like change like a big part of like sort of their their mandate that they've set for themselves is to to kind of change the stigma around mental illness to kind of 
bring down some walls and demystify therapy and, you know, make it way more accessible and um, uh, relatable and all those kinds of things, which I, Mm -hmm. it's a huge draw for me. I was like, man, like, uh, that is exactly what I want to do. Like, it was really cool. So, yeah, man, because like even the website or the way that they present the brand is almost closer to like, like getting your hair done or like a kind of a cool dentist office or something like it's a, it is closer to um, something that is cool than it is. Ooh, it's, it's the scary like couch. And I don't know, it just looked way more approachable, maybe a little bit more focused at a younger audience, I guess is probably the best way that I would describe it. Yeah. Like uh, Andrea, the, the sort of the, the head of the, of the company is, is very much like I treat this like, like uh you know like a personal trader for your for your mental health totally like and that's like very much how she approaches it mm-hmm. um and as part of that too is that that there's a very specific protocol that that everybody kind of uses the same protocol when dealing with clients and with right. issues and surprisingly um it wor- like it works with a really wide variety of issues not everything right like right. we're pretty clear about like listen if you have schizophrenia we're maybe not the right you know, we're, it's just, we can't be good at everything and we'd rather be really good at helping people with, you know, things like anxiety and depression and, uh, you know, maybe couples, I've started getting into couples counseling and stuff like that, which is really fun. Um, but doing those sorts of things for maybe people who are a little bit more high functioning, uh, you know, we're not dealing with schizophrenia or like really intense things, um, but what then choosing to help maybe some more 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 things where people are just trying to almost op- optimize a little bit more like if you didn't get help then you just have a really crappy life or something you know what yeah, i mean yeah a bit of a dark path like yeah you get down a bit of a spiral so like on that note like so i like that we're starting to get to a better place in terms of like leveling it out and, and comparing mental health with like physical health. And I, I think that's maybe, I don't know necessarily how accurate that is, but if that's the, the way that we're going to remove the, the stigma, then sure. Consider it like dental health and you go get your teeth cleaned every six months or people go see a chiropractor sure, every yeah. couple of weeks and things like that. Um, how would you, I guess, sort of talk people through even just this like one to many type of interaction that we have right now with people who are listening or if, I guess one to a few, yeah. which would be really, yeah. how, when my when I hurt my knee, it's it's plain to see. I, I can't walk. Like I get a bit of a limp. It's 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 uncomfortable. And you know, there's even two paths for that one. I could say like I'm just gonna tough it out. Like it's not that bad. And then things kind of get worse until I really need to get them checked out. Um, ultimately, I need to have that thing treated. We're bad at self diagnosing ourselves when it comes to mental health. Like when we have, uh, we it's almost like it's normal. I think especially in gaming too of just like. I'm so frustrated with this game. I'm going to throw my control. Like rage quitting is a thing or like having those temper tantrums or having a bit of anger issues. I'm kind of drawing a wide spectrum here, but how would you maybe help people again, just self-diagnose a little bit or help recognize that behaviors that you are, that you're engaging in maybe aren't the best. Maybe those are signs of something that you might want to optimize. Yeah, that's yeah, no, that's a good question. I think kind of going back to your previous question too about like what sort of what sort of things do people go through, right? Mm-hmm. Or like what sort of things do I guide people through. Um, the basic sort of uh, rationale, I guess, or for lack of a better word, uh, around a lot of the work that I do with people is identifying uh, um, 
so so basically the the idea is is that as we grow up and as we're you know we're getting into therapist realm folks so like mm-hmm. talk about your parents right <laughs> okay <laughs> right but like but as as we're growing up w- one of the things that's w- the most amazing things about the human brain um is and the reason why we are able to be as good at such a wide variety of things as we are mm-hmm. uh, it's because the brain actually doesn't stop developing until like you're 20 years old or something right right uh, and so and and so like especially really early on in life your brain is still kind of figuring out the rules of the world around you and and if there are certain things that are going on around you within the first decade of life i would say for sure like especially the first five years of life um then you you just start to learn things uh, you know, for example, you, you may learn I'm not good enough, right? If you're not reinforced enough. And when I say I'm not good enough, like literally almost every single client that I've seen, that is something that they believe deep down inside, right? Yeah. And I think that that's, uh, that that's just something that everybody has that belief deep down inside somewhere, right? Whether it was you, you know, I had this cool picture that my mom I showed my mom and my mom got mad because she was trying to make dinner and man I now suck right like I suck or or something right so um and it's it's not even necessarily a rational thought it's more of a I would even say it's more of a feeling than a than a belief or a thought but we would we would call that I'm not good enough a limiting belief Mm -hmm. and so from that limiting belief of I'm not good enough having a limiting belief like that and experiencing that sucks right it does not feel good and so from that we get a lot of times develop a um a dysfunctional need and so that dysfunctional mm, example to compensate to compensate exactly so right mm. like, I, I don't like feeling like i'm not good enough and so from that i then say oh i have to be perfect i have to be really <laughs> really good at everything right and then from that well, you can just imagine how that manifests in your life all over the place, right? Yep. I don't take criticism very well. Anytime my mom says anything to me, uh, I roll my eyes and get defensive. Uh, you know, and I, you know, maybe I, uh, you know, I ruminate about how I could have done better, or you know, I can't get anything done, or I can't get started on tasks because now it needs to be perfect, and that's really overwhelming to think that that's gonna that it needs to be perfect, and so I can't even get motivated to start right like all of those things come Mm. or of i'm not good enough and so basically the the protocol that we do is we just like i guide people through you know identifying what are some of these limiting beliefs that you have about yourself and then through this really um this really interesting process called or it's a very specific kind of uh treatment that originally was developed for people with uh post-traumatic stress disorder um it is called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing Mm -hmm. so we do a lot of work and and just sort of talk therapy as well and exploring you know sort of things that that contributed to those thoughts um and beliefs we we basically reprocess it and and over time eliminate those actual beliefs you know if you imagine like the a tree and those beliefs that that i'm not good enough is the root of the tree um you just over time we just get rid of that you just you just no longer think that you're not good enough. You you we you you actually are able to believe. You know what? No, I am good enough. I'm okay mm. that I am. I have to admit, I got a little distracted by the possible pun there of a tree and the beliefs, the beliefs <laughs> that are on there. It's my uh, Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. I'm gonna have to tell Chelsea about that I, one a little I, later. I never, I I never even 
considered that, but that is amazing. It's all the branches well, of the beliefs. Oh, I love it. Well played. But yeah, so so that's that's the sort of gist of it, right? And I mm-hmm. think everybody uh, everybody uh, has that about themselves. And I, I think you can get a lot into shame and sort of discouragement. Um, for me, a huge, uh, a huge thing as well, especially for dudes. Um, we don't really talk about self-compassion very much, right? Like we don't talk about how to be nurturing and supportive to ourselves. Um, we think we have to be macho and whatever. Um, we, we're not very good about being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And, and, that that basically just bottles it all up and and makes it hard to to deal with so um and for me i think that that's you know when we talk about like breaking the stigma i think for me that a big part of it is and and i think that you actually do a a great job with this show too i i've said it before but like you know that's that's part of it is like you having you know some amazing conversations with people and being vulnerable and and um you know having those sort of conversations so that it's like, you know what? No, everybody deals with this, right? Like so many, not everybody, but like there are so many people who deal with it. And so often people feel alone mm-hmm. and just, just to be able to say, no, you're not alone. Like there are so many other people and, um, to feel like you can be a part of something, a, a group of people where you're not by yourself, that can make all the difference in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a great guy, uh, who, um, who said, I don't remember who is, what his name is, but he's amazing. Um, I said low loneliness is the only real disease. And so like the, the idea being that you can get through anything as long as you have people by your side. Right. I see. You definitely, I feel like that statement needs a bit of a, a subheader on that one. Cause I'm like, mm, I get maybe you're, but you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying though. Yeah, absolutely. But just the idea that like, no, you're, you're like, if you have some other people with you, if you have support, then mm-hmm. you can just about anything. So, so how do you separate yourself from the the patient that you're treating or the person that you're treating? Because I mean, with you're gonna come in contact with so many people, they're gonna maybe be along a spectrum of exactly like you, very different from you. Like, but maybe there are versions of yourself that you see in these people. Like, you know, I think about this all the time. Where I'm very lucky; I don't really have to take work home with me very often. Like, there's some days where there's a version of it where somebody or something about work will frustrate me and I'll bring that home and just kind of ruminate on that and go like, why is this like this? Why? Like, it's so frustrating. And this is, you know, you get down that like circular path. I can only imagine, you know, I have an office job. I don't, I don't <laughs> like pull people from accidents. I don't deal with trauma or anything like that. I'm not in the medical field uh, of any sort. This is, this is some, pretty heavy stuff that you deal with on a day-to-day like what's the separation technique that you have like how do you is it is it video games uh yeah honestly like and and i don't like this might even be weird but like to me it doesn't it's it's heavy but it's not right like like it's like i i consider it a huge like a privilege to be able to the space of somebody who who you know who i've been carrying this load around by myself all this time and and you know to to be that person who i'm like you know what hey like let's just you know let's just hold this space together Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna just hear your story i'm gonna help you work through that um for me it never like and again i i've i've heard already like i've only been working here for like you know three weeks now um i've heard some stories from people that are just like holy cow you know like it's terrible um but I think part of it too is, 
is that I I really I, I, I try to be the person who is injecting some hope, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be the source of hope for, for them. And over time, I am helping be a part of the solution. Mm-hmm. So I... Um, I don't know. I, I do. There, there have been times where I, I see somebody, you know, and I have a conversation with them and I'm like, you know what, uh, that you, <laughs> you are a good example of what not to do. Uh, you know, that, that, that is something that is, that is it, it, it for me is just more of like a, wow, I need to, I could do, I can learn a lesson. For, and sometimes it's also, wow, you were amazing. You were an inspiration to me. I'm going to mm-hmm. try, I'm going to try and be more like you in this area of my life. Um, and you know, as much as, as much as people come to be, to be helped and, and impacted by their therapist, it's impossible to, to not think that the therapist is going to in some way be changed by that relationship too. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So. And I, so this is just the way that my brain works and I hate to go from the super positive that you were just talking about. I'm going to jump right to the opposite end of the Absolutely. negative Go for it. because you have you have a very important responsibility. Like it's the great power, great responsibility thing where yes, you have the ability to, in many cases and, and very likely the vast, vast majority help people. What happens when something doesn't go well? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know if that's something that you can even keep in, in your mind as it happens, but it there has to be some sort of like risk mitigation that is totally. part of, so you want to make sure that you are doing, obviously putting your best ability forward to help this person, but not everybody can have a positive outcome, I guess, just like with many treatment options. So I don't know. How do you prepare for, like, how do you deal with that? Because it's a, I think that may be a paralyzing aspect for other people who may be interested in getting into this, but like you kind of have to look at the entire uh, spectrum of outcomes that can, that can happen. Yeah. And for me, I think, I think for me, part of that, the, the answer to that question is, is for me to come back to, like what is my role in this person's life mm-hmm. right right like 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 there's in relation to all the other roles that everybody else is playing yeah like i literally see this person for one hour a week right mm-hmm. and, and much as i would love to be able to change this person's life and and you know to reach into their life and just like change it for the better uh, ultimately that's not my job like my job is to to help them um become the best version of themselves so that they can make that change, mm-hmm. right? And I, uh, I really like it. Is absolutely disappointing when you know, uh, even thinking back to like my practicum stuff, where it's like we're having the same conversation every week here. Like, what's going on? Like, yeah, or like we not we doing talk, the homework. Yeah, we take it. We we talk about this stuff, and then you come back, and then you you know you have the same thing coming back. And and for me, it's like okay, well, that's it's I I. I do also at the same time don't want to just be like, well, you didn't do your job. I'm, I know I'm doing fine over here. Right. Like, right. Totally. You you have to be really self-aware as a therapist too, to be like, okay, is this me or is this them? Or like the, the reality is, is that it's probably both. And it's not that I'm slacking off, but maybe the approach that I'm taking isn't really a good match for this person's personality. And so Mm -hmm. maybe I need to change things up that way. It's a strange uh, you, analog to the game developer making the you know translating their vision to the to the game and then making that enjoyable or at least palatable for the player or in your case the patient. It's this weird kind of interaction that you have a vision of what you want what you where you want to take them or the uh, how you want to deliver the treatment, but whether or not that's something that the person's going to engage with 
is an interesting sort of analog, I think, to the way we started this conversation. Yeah, totally. And and where like like how am I like I guess for me it comes back to that self compassion, uh, you know, knowing that I'm not gonna be perfect. I'm gonna make mistakes too. Um but also that's just part of the deal, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, one of the things that I tell every client that comes through is I I am 100% open to feedback. If something I do bothers you and the only way to tell me that is to really hurt my feelings, um, please tell me. Yeah. <laughs> like, way rather know. And I'll go and pay for my own therapist if that's what it takes. But mm-hmm. it's not important for me to be able to be open to that feedback and that criticism uh, because otherwise – like what am I doing right and you've mm-hmm. like there's like a lot of you know I mean I'm a therapist so that I obviously believe in it and I you know right of course very engaged in that process myself too so so on that note how do you practice your own mental health I, I try to think like and this is one should not be left to their own devices on this I probably should like get, I don't even it sounds so cliche for like self-help books and things like that but like there are probably exercises like I guess I, I don't even know so I'm asking, like, what are some things that maybe you do uh, to practice good mental health? Yeah, I think for me, there's a couple of things. Um, one of them is finding some uh, sense of uh, – there's lots of different ways to do it. But I would say like a mindfulness practice or um, some sort of quieting your mind sort of thing. Having some way, in other words, to – to detach or unplug from the world. And for me, the, what this looks like for me is that I will often go for a walk, right? Like I'll just go for a walk and it's not for any other reason that I'm putting music in that I feel is, uh, and if you were to look at my iPod, man, it's like it's <laughs> nerdy, but it's like 90% like for, for specifically for my walks, right? Like I, I have like 90% of it is like, scores from superhero movies awesome <laughs> right and so awesome <laughs> and for me like i i feel like i i get a lot of recharge from listening to like those uh and and again i feel like it is more of a form of like meditation almost right mm-hmm. like, i just have like certain things where i'm like you know what the the emotion that this moment in this movie triggered for me like that's something that i want to have with me in my life all the time and mm-hmm. so very regularly connect with that and do that just just to kind of remind myself of like what is what is really important to me in my life right right um, and 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 connecting with that and i i've done this forever like like since i was in high school but i've never really understood why i do it and i think that's why is because it reconnects me with with what my values are and what what i want to be doing with my life and things like that um to kind of keep that in well, and um, I think. Oh, are you, you still there? Yeah, yeah. We I glitched out for. I, I, now I'm getting the real, real yeah. Nintendo Dad's experience of uh, oh Skype. <laughs> oh crap! And we're back. Um, I think you mentioned something. I don't even know if you meant to, but I think it was super important is being able to recognize that like the positive feedback loop of like or the positive reinforcement. So when something good is happening, I want to do that, or when it's actually helping my mental health, do that again. Like we don't really get, we usually get that with bad things. We get it with like, okay, well getting hammered is, is fun. So I'm going to keep doing that, but that's very harmful. Or, or like this drug makes me feel this way, or even just drinking this coffee makes me feel energized, but it's actually harmful. It's actually much more difficult to recognize the 
positive things in our life that actually make it better so that we do like why are our brains like that zach like why don't why don't we want to do why don't we get that dopamine hit or whatever the the release is when that happens and it so it becomes much more obvious to us that when i get sleep i feel better so i should sleep more (laughs) yeah you know that's a really good question i think that i mean you go back to caveman days in order to really understand that right where the caveman that saw russell in the bushes and thought a really good point ran away and he lived and the one that looked and saw russell in the bushes and there was a lion there and he thought it was just the wind he was lunch right and so and so the ones like sleeping's been bad for a very long time anxiety uh for a long time has been like in evolutionary history anxiety has been very advantageous right Mm -hmm. we were bred to be anxious people like that is like we selectively were bred for that so right (laughs) but the thing is is that once you kind of know that um and this kind of goes back to mindfulness too um is i I guess a question for you too sean like what is it what would life look like if you if you accepted the fact that you will probably feel those feelings somewhat for your entire life i think about that all the time right and so like how do you live your best possible life even though you'll probably feel that. And I think a good, a good similarity. And, you know, when we, when we studied things like depression and anxiety in, uh, in, uh, therapist Hogwarts is what I like to call it. But nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it like, you got a new professor two years in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, he died and they replaced him with a lookalike. It was, is that me or you? I don't know. Anyway, um, a good similar, a a good, okay, (laughs) a good similar (laughs) sort of analogy for it is people who have chronic pain, um, and the people who who do really well with chronic pain and really, uh, it's not that pain never goes away. It's the Mm -hmm. relationship with that pain, right? Where it's like, well, okay, now I'm feeling pain, um. And the people who really struggle with that are people who are like, oh, my gosh, this pain, it's been going on forever and I hate having this pain and the doctor said this and whatever and now I can't go out with my friends and yada, yada, yada. And it like it be, it snowballs into a much bigger issue, whereas people who really learn how to deal with chronic pain are ones who are like, yep, still hurts, not letting it stop my life, right? Mm. Uh, you know, and so And so that's where – and I mean – that can also sound like dismissive, but there's an element of resilience there, right? Where you're like, yeah, this doesn't feel very good, but also, um, I know that I can ride that wave. I can, it's not comfortable. It's not pleasant, but it is what it is. And I am going to, I'm going to get through it. And I, I have particular ways of getting, you know, I know that I can lift my spirits by listening to music or going for a walk or playing a game or something. Um, and well, man, when you talk about riding the wave too, and I kind of it, you, there's an element of endurance that is involved here of like how many more of these pits can I fall into and climb up out of? And at a certain point, it's kind of like bench pressing, but you've got like twice as much weight as you need, and you're like, man, I've been training my butt off and I've been working at this, but I don't have a single push left in me. And maybe this is actually where it goes back to your loneliness sort of disease is you need a spot in life. So yep. that when you have those moments of like, I, I'm giving all like, my arms are shaking or I guess the metaphor is my brain is shaking. I don't have anything left and I'm, I feel like I'm on my last legs. 
Like you need something or somebody that like lifts the bar up off of your chest because in the moment it feels like I got nothing. I got no more energy for the thing that I think is too big in life to overcome. And and then you, if you get a good night's sleep, you wake up the next morning and go, well, what the hell is I so worried about? Yeah. So there's a muscle that has to be trained so that when that does happen, you do have that one extra push or that you have a support team, I guess, around you. Maybe that's what the role that you play yeah. as a therapist too. Well, and I'm actually a personal gonna, trainer a little bit. Yeah, but I'm actually going to disagree with you a little bit on that approach, too, because I think that, you know, that that one more push thing. Um, Brene Brown, like if you don't know who Brene Brown is, uh, go and check it. She's got some awesome books, but she's a researcher that that studies a lot about vulnerability and living what she calls a wholehearted life. Uh, but she has an awesome book that just came out called Rising Strong, and it's all about how to deal with failure. Mm-hmm. And one of the best things that she talks about in that book is she uses the the story of, you know, like somebody who's riding a bull and you, you, you know, you're super excited and you get on the bull and you, you know, you're going to ride the bull or whatever and you get bucked off mm-hmm. and you hit that ground hard. And we never talk about that moment between when they hit the ground and they get back up. Right. And what is that moment where you're literally dazed on the ground um, and you're just like totally, you know, taken out of it and just like, you know, what do you like? What are the thoughts that go through your head in that moment? And a lot of it is learning to sit with it and not not rush that moment. Right. And not to like to face the darkness, so so to speak. Right. Where it's just like, you know what, like this is hard and this is really hard and I need to you know, I need to share that with other people and not not immediately jump to, you know, you hit the ground and immediately you're back up. Sometimes you're winded. Sometimes you are hmm. overwhelmed and sometimes it just sucks and you've got to have a good cry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was a really powerful lesson for me of just like, you know what, like uh, I, I love the movie Inside Out. And and part of the lesson of that movie is like, no, sadness is really important. And, mm-hmm. and when we are feeling sad, you know, it's like, well, why do we feel sad? And, and, and having that introspection of like, I do need to connect with other people more, like you were saying, mm-hmm. uh, and, and having those meaningful relationships. Um, and of course, at that point, then, yes, you, you get up, you, you make changes in your life, you work towards what's important to you and, and focus on, on um what are your values and what do you want out of life and, and actively work on that. But mm-hmm. necessarily, but that moment where you hit the ground is just like, we're, especially men in our culture, right? It's just like, nope, you're macho. You got, you get up now, right? Don't you cry. Like the, this is like how we treat our boys, little boys, right? It's like, don't cry. You're tough. You're okay. Get over it. Uh, let's go. And it's like, no, that that is not like, sometimes you just got to get, get there and get your breath again right Mm -hmm. and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that um it's it's just that like of course you the time the time does come where where things are going to you know you learn lessons and you and you make changes um but it's because it's because of what you're working towards it's not because of like that experience that you never want to have again, that experience Mm -hmm. is always going to happen, right? You're always going to have difficulties in life. Uh, It's how, how we deal with them. I think that Mm -hmm. that is within our power, I guess. So, 
So Zach, I think the most natural question that I can segue into is, um, what does it mean to be the game of the year? <laughs> the game of the year. What does it mean to you? What does it mean? I gotta, I gotta make sure that um, that we get a good night's sleep tonight, so that we can oh, we can yeah. be good dads tomorrow. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll close this. I think that that was that's absolute. I, I, I joke trying to shut that off a little bit amazing conversation i'm so glad that we got a chance to talk about that but i would be remiss zach of course too if i didn't get a little look inside your brain we talked about the uh at the beginning of conversation about what makes a 10 what makes game of the year to you man and and on nintendo dads it's all in the realm of nintendo this is probably the most complex year you guys (laughs) had in a long time to talk about game of the year it's gonna be a nightmare that has Mm -hmm. like last year it was well i don't even remember what last year was exactly that's a problem crossing amiibo fest was that only last year maybe it was oh my years. gosh no god forbid right like like it's gonna be star fox zero was number three yeah by uh, default honestly for me well, maybe bravely default yeah yeah <laughs> bravely second yeah i don't know um so so like the question is what is game of the year like so i guess even before you answer that so like you're you're sitting there you got your pen in hand your notepad and you're like okay i've got all these games that are great but what makes one game kind of like leapfrog all the other ones to finally land? Because that's sort of like the way that it all kind of happens is you get your list and you're like, mm, no, this one's a little better than that one. Oh, no, that one's worse than this one. Yeah. But what does it mean for that one special game to just kind of make its way to the front of the list? For you, This I feel like this is a personal take on Game of the Year because we all have very objective sounding responses to Game of the Year awards like Overwatch last year of the video game awards a lot of us yeah. sounded very objective in our opinions against that but which is easy to do it's much harder to say well instead this is actually what makes Game of the Year yeah I'm trying to think what our Game of the Year was last year I think it was Pokemon Sun and Moon I want to say I bet it was uh, Pokemon Go <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. I think that was like number two or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it, was, it, that was definitely one of them. Um, yeah, I think for me, it's like it, it's game of the year. I think there's there's obviously the quality of the game itself, but also at least it feels like there's an element of uh, like how important was this game? You mm-hmm. know, like did it make did this game make a dent in the overall? You know ecosystem of gaming mm-hmm. um and that that definitely contributes to it as well for me like you no know, this was a really important game for nintendo like again we only ever do although it's going to be weird because we've got other nintendo games now that or other games that are coming to nintendo platforms this is the first year where i'm like oh i don't know like is doom on this list you know yeah. like the top 10 uh, you know like stuff like that where i'm like wait nintendo dads is like put doom on a list like you know i don't know it, it's interesting to, to think about that but um yeah i would say that that's definitely like how memorable was it how fun was it um, yeah like I, like there are some things that i'm like i don't know if it ne- necessarily should matter but replayability for me i think matters too mm. like how much, mm-hmm. how much did i want to go back to it right and that is that like that's an important factor too is like did i get sucked into it or not yeah um yeah i don't know like what yeah man uh, no i'm i'm the same i I am exactly the same and i actually think that that it's funny that you almost went there i'm not sure if you meant to it's almost like there's a difference between your personal game of the year and if you were to 
brand a game of the year on behalf of like the Nintendo dads, or if we were to do We the Nerdies game of the year, it's almost like it's a reflection on like it's I find like game of the year is like a reflection of me. Like last year, my game of the year was Forza Horizon 3 followed by Uncharted 4, but I wouldn't suggest that We the Nerdy make game of the year uh forza horizon 3 i voted for it just so that it would get like ranked up there but that it's different it's it's different depending on like who is who is it a reflection of and i actually think from that perspective the video game awards it actually makes a whole lot of sense for overwatch to have been game of the year last year because it sort of reflects the prestige of or whatever that that aura that's that that publication or that entity is trying to give off i guess yeah and i think too like there's the I was actually, I'm just remembering I was going to say this when we were talking about reviews, but I always try when I'm doing a review of like, if you liked X, then mm-hmm. you this game, right? Right. Like, I, I try and have a statement kind of like that, just about in, in anything like that, because then you have context for that, like, this yeah, is instantly. the kind of game, and you'll really like that, if you like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, so I think that that's you have to understand the context of you know and and if if it is game of the year it, it might as well be called most important game of the year or most impactful game of the year hmm. uh, mm-hmm. at least right like like where and, and again going back to overwatch right like like for for blizzard entertainment to come out with their first ip in uh, first new ip in like 17 years and to have it just blow everybody's socks off and be this is that what that was yeah S- Holy crap! I guess you're right. Quickly doing the because Diablo, I think, was the 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 last new IP before that, right? They had they had Warcraft, Diablo, and Starcraft, and now they've got Overwatch and I guess Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, I wouldn't kinda, count it. Those aren't new mashups, yeah. right? Or they're spinoffs. But yeah, so they they for the hmm. entire history of their of their of Blizzard, they've only ever, I've man, if there's one other company. Yeah than nintendo for me it's blizzard like blizzard mm-hmm. like i just was watching a bunch of um panels from blizzcon over the weekend and stuff too so i'm like oh the last thing i need is to freaking get back into wow right now like that's how i'm feeling so they were really ahead of the game i remember looking at things like from blizzcon and and i thought when i was playing warcraft 2 that like that was it like warcraft 2 is all we're ever gonna get and blizzard is like amazing for that but you didn't really think of developers in that way when you're a kid and yeah. then before you know it blizzcon is all these different IPs and different, like even Overwatch is going to have a new map that's like uh, oh. Blizzard Land or whatever it's like, whatever it's called. And so, it's just all the different franchises reflected in like this Disneyland of of an Overwatch level. It's so awesome, dude. Zach, let's close things out. Tell everybody where, as if they didn't already know, uh, where can they find you on the internet and what are you doing on the on the uh, in the podcast land? And is there anything new that you can talk about? Or last time we talked, you had something on the go. Yeah, so um, I guess as far as like, I mean, if you're if you don't know what Nintendo Des is, we're a Nintendo show. Uh, we talk about Nintendo <laughs> and parenting stuff, uh, and so you can just look for us online. You'll find us um, uh, as well. Uh, I guess if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, it's at Zach Erickson. Z a c e r i c k s o n. If you are in the Edmonton area, and you know. I mean, I'm a therapist now, so I uh, go to shift psych. That's like P S Y C H dot com. Um, and you know, you can set up an appointment over there. There's online booking and stuff too. So, um, 
But what's cool, uh, I, I don't didn't I don't know if I said this earlier. You mentioned the podcast that I had been working on before the last time I was on. Um, I since doing that, that's kind of gone on hiatus. Uh, the person that I was planning on doing that with, we both kind of were, you know, we graduated and then trying to get started with work, and we kind of, you know, that that's on a hiatus. It may come back one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, However, working at, at Shift, what's really cool is that again because they 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 treat a they treat their psych practice like a startup almost, and they're like super open minded. And I was like, oh well, you know, I do podcasting. Like, you should do a podcast. And I was like, what? Like, you you want to pay me to do a podcast? Like, is that what what I'm hearing here? And they're like, yeah. oh, nice man, right? So so I'm working with them to develop a, a podcast, and again around the that sort of idea of you know let's let's make uh, psychology and mental health topics, something that's approachable and, uh, and, you know, break down that stigma and pull back the curtain a little bit. And, uh, you know, there's like for, for such a long time, the field of psychology and and the field of psychotherapy has, has kind of had this, this air of, you know, like a, like an ivory tower almost where it's just Mm -hmm. like, Oh, this is person who's just got all of this knowledge, but is sitting back in the chair and, you know what right? it's just like <laughs> yeah. i don't know like we're like break all that crap down like like this is, we want this to be approachable and understandable and uh and dare i say fun to talk about you know what i mean like yeah if you listen to nintendo dads you know that i have i enjoy making podcasts entertaining and i think that entertaining podcasts is something that's super important so so that's something that i'm i'm hoping to bring to to this new one as well so uh, follow me on Twitter, and if you're if you're not, and I'm sure I'll probably mention it on Nintendo Dads too, um, once it's up and running. But like I've just started, we're in concept stage like this week, and so and because that is the dream, man. Congratulations, that's I, awesome. And so like that, like that, it's actually through work and stuff. It's like, oh wait, no, like we've got to like this is a business now, and so like we're this is part of advertising almost, right? Yeah. It's, it's just like it's very much like. Uh, produce a pilot episode or a concept episode and let's try it out and then eventually mm-hmm. get it all out there. But um, I'm excited. Support them on patreon.com slash shift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how, how that's going to but it'll be fun. It'll, it'll be a good time. So we'll, we'll yeah. see. But awesome, man. Well, thanks for, thanks for doing this. This has been awesome. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, you're doing an awesome, you're doing a service, man. A service to... I don't know why I have this this necklace that has like orange bones. You looked very like um it's a it, I don't even know what the word is, very natural. It's a it's like a fidget, you know, like I have ADD and so it's just a fidget for me, I don't know. Um but yeah, no, it's uh, you're doing a service here with with some awesome uh some awesome stuff you're you're doing and so keep doing what you're doing and I uh I I think uh, I commend you on your service and your your good <laughs> I will fake it until I make it, my friend. Thank you for the kind words. Yeah, no worries, man. Finally. By the way, I forgot to mention that November is Nintendo Dads Month. We're going to have two Nintendo Dads coming right back at you right here on youtube.com slash we the nerdy and it's thanks to everybody who helps out at patreon.com slash make us better you're supporting this show you're supporting nintendo playstation podcast you're supporting if we ran nintendo and you are truly making us better this is a great example i love having these guys back on the show go a little go a little further i 
you guys know me. I, I, I'm diving into this stuff a little bit more and more as the weeks go on. I will always call back to the episode of Luke Lore as uh, one of those special episodes. There's been a couple. You know what? You've been doing this for a hundred or so episodes. There's bound to be some some gems in there. And I'm so grateful to have Zach as a friend and Zach to come on and talk so openly and honestly. And I feel like I had a great time talking with you zach i don't know if anybody else had a great time listening i hope so and you know we chatted a little bit afterwards you can't just have that conversation and shut things down you, you we continue to chat a little bit and we kind of talked a little bit about how much of myself to insert into that because i do i guess i didn't even say this to zach yesterday uh when i recorded this i want this to be helpful for other people as well i also want it to be entertaining and i don't um I don't know. I want it to, to... I guess it also depends on my energy, too. I think that is what I was saying to Zach. But it, most of all, I want you guys to get something out of this as well. If you are ha, are dealing with stuff, if you just have your dark days or whatever, there's there's a whole spectrum to explore on that as well. But hopefully you get a little something out of that. And I really just enjoy having Zach on. Just to begin... Like, I love his takes on Mario. So you get all the other stuff as a bonus. And this is a bonus episode... Thanks to everybody. Patreon.com slash make us better. So thank you guys. If you haven't started supporting us, please consider it. If not, that's cool. These are coming at you anyways. There's nothing behind that paywall. Uh, there's nothing in there in that Patreon locker room that isn't happening. We, it's all a locker room, guys. We're all in this locker room together. <laughs> what am I even talking about? Uh, thank you to our artists, Gary Gray and Adam Leonard and our video designer, it, this looks as good as it does. It's all thanks to Antonio Guillen. And of course, this podcast is powered by the Day Space Network of Podcasts, where you can find Nintendo Talk, Character Crunch, Planet Nintendo, If We Ran Nintendo, Topic Nintendo, Warp Whistle, colon Nintendo. I don't think that that's there. Uh, guys, this is episode 114 of We the Gamer Cast is now in your ears. Thanks for listening. I'll be back on Monday. Now it's time for Patrick Stewart at the drive through. <laughs> Hello, I'm Patrick Stewart, star of TV's Star Trek, The Next Generation, and the host of the documentary series, MGM, When the Lion Roars. Okay, that's fine, sir. Can I take your order? Yes, you can. And what is your order, sir? I'll have a quarter pounder with cheese and a side order of fries. Would you like... And a fillet. Oh, fresh. Would you like a cold drink with that, sir? Yes. Yes. For the sake of the future of all mankind, I will have a small Sprite. Okay, sir, that's $5.20. Could you proceed to the first window? The first window. The first portal to a new dimension. One greater, one more wondrous than our own. No, just the first window of the drive-thru, please, sir. Yes, then so it is that I proceed to this window of which you speak. Thank you, sir. Approaching warp speed. What the f***, mate? Did you just drive into the back of me? Yes. It is so. Mate, are you some kind of f***ing comedian? I am Patrick Stewart. Mate, get out of the f***ing car. And so, with heavy heart, I hereby withdraw from the vehicle. Mate, look what you've done to my f***ing car. You accuse 
Me? My f***ing eye I do. Here's your order, sir. What manner of burger is this? And these slivers of potato extract? Hey, crime dame, you gonna f***ing pay for my car or not, mate? Mate? Ah, I am under attack. I must reason with this. Mate, you are talking out your f***ing ass. Ah, and so it is that I bid you and your people farewell. What a f***ing dead shit.